Yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like it's just an encouraging thing yeah. to hear, you know, knowing there's people in the church doing this. And a lot of times it's sometimes you just need one person kind of initiate that conversation and be like, hey, I really want this. Like, you know, do you think we can do this together? See who else is interested. Yeah. And that's really all it takes, because I think a lot of times you have people are like, I know when we first started coming, I was feeling a lack of like coming from college and having so many intimate friends. And I was like, I really need that. And mm -hmm. I kind of want it right now. And I know I have to like kind of build towards it, but I was like, we are going to like get in on this group and we are going to get to know these people because I need friends and I need people I can talk to like stuff with. You took the Kearns hostage. Right. Like, Ryan, Tina, right. Here. I was like, we will be best friends. <laughs> so... Hey there, Christ City Church. Chaz here again. As you probably know, we like to talk an awful lot about what it means to follow Jesus in our ordinary roles and relationships. We say this all the time. What does it mean to live faithfully in the everyday stuff of life? And that is why we are excited to continue to hear from men and women within our faith family, people you call friends, people you're in community with, as they share stories of how they're trying to follow Jesus in their everyday roles and relationships. Because so often, this faithful ministry of God's people, God's church, goes overlooked in the ordinary Monday through Saturday ebb and flow of regular life. And so we wanted to share these stories so that all of us might spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And so this week, Christine and I got to sit down with Jesse, and our conversation took us from Catholicism to the unexpected and surprising grace of Jesus, to the importance of intimacy in Christian community, and finally to the changes that having children brings in relation to our faith. So we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Thanks. So hello, we are sitting here uh, it's Christine, myself, and we're joined by Jesse uh, this afternoon. Um, just kind of continuing um, to kind of get to know each other, share some stories. We hope that these um, that these stories are kind of encouraging for us and um, help spur us on um, and uh, maybe lead us into greater degrees of faithfulness. Just as we kind of hear what the Lord's doing, um, not just in the abstract or kind of theoretically uh, in the lives of the people at. Christ City Church, but maybe we know a little bit more concretely about how um, the Lord's using people. So, Jesse, thank you for joining us. Yeah, glad um, to be here. I, I think initially the first thing, just kind of, yeah, just kind of basic stuff, like where are you from? How did you end up in Christ City Church? Um, I know that's a that's a big time gap, like, hey, where am I from to a, where did I end <laughs> up at this church, you know, a year ago or whatever, but um, we'd just love to hear a little bit about your story. Um you know, I, I think I've told this to some other people, but, uh, you know, like imagine if we were meeting for the first time and having coffee and somebody inevitably asks, you know, hey, man, what, you know, tell me your story. Like, that's kind of what we're asking, you know. Cool. So. And, you know, we are meeting for the first time. Yeah, yes, you know, are, So literally. this will be pretty good. Yeah. So that's this will true. be our first conversation that's and right. it's recorded, which is fun. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Perfect. So. Let's see, I, I'm from the Dallas area originally, um, grew up in Richardson, uh, graduated from Richardson High School, went to school down at Texas A&M, and then worked in Houston for a we year. Just, we had another Aggie, we have two, we've had two Aggies now so already. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then made my way back to Dallas, 
um, let's see, met Rachel, my wife, about four years ago. Is that right? Yeah, three or four years ago, we got married. I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking, looking at it. Um, <laughs> and we got married in, uh, oh gosh, this is awkward. We got married in October of 2018, and uh, we had our little boy, Silas, mm. uh, November of last year. Yeah, congrats. He's yeah, so, so cute. <laughs> yes, he's going to be five months next week. It's very um, cool. And that's like the 32nd version. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually came to faith in 2010. Uh, a friend of mine, I was into rock climbing at the time, and oh really yeah We're so well, i'm into rock climbing <laughs> <No kidding. laughs> yeah. yeah so i was actually also working at the rock climbing gym oh, nice. and i was working as a server so i had like two part-time jobs mm-hmm. i was right out of college uh after school i, I studied parks and rec mm. and there were this was in 2009 like the tv show yes you just like it, intensely it exactly. studied the tv show okay. yes you studied the nbc TV and show. i wanted to be <laughs> like i wanted to be that um I know we have a lot of Parks and Rec fans at Christ City too, yep. so that's good. Yep. I, I, you know, I'm trying to think of a reference and I can't off the yeah. top of my head. I think you accidentally gave me the food that my food's supposed to eat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but actually you were studying actually, about the, the legitimate job. Yes, I was okay. studying like wildlife resources right. and program development, interpretation, and um, but it was like it was 2009. All the state, local federal programs were all on hold nobody was hiring so I was you know I was an outdoorsy guy I was into to climbing so I had got a job at the gym and I'd work there during the day and I'd go work as a server in the evening and one of the guys that I climbed with he was he was really good he was actually he also taught me a lot of things about climbing um, I had coffee with him and one day he was just like hey Jesse how's life and I was like terrible and then I just broke down and he was like you know what do you want to ask Jesus for help and I I grew up in the church I grew up going to um I grew up in the Catholic church went to mass every Sunday um and funny story you know they always start the reading like the the gospel or the the reading from the New Testament um they'll say like a reading from the letter St. Paul to the Corinthians or the first letter St. Paul to the Corinthians mm-hmm. and I was like great we read these letters and it wasn't until I was adult that I like connected the dots like oh that's first Corinthians oh that's second Corinthians like that's actually the bible like it's not just this letter we read it's like mm-hmm. it, it's not it's, it's not a part of the litany or the lectionary it's yeah like actually, it, this is actually scripture yeah, yeah. um so that's how much it meant to me growing up like I didn't know a lot of these like basic fundamental things even though I went to faith formation classes for the first until I was 18 years old. Yeah. Um, after I finished high school, went to college, I went to mass once in College Station, and then I stopped going. Um, but then in 2010, summer 2010, uh, hanging out with this guy, and he just asked me, like, hey, do you, that sounds tough. Do you want to ask Jesus for help? And I said, yeah. And we prayed, and then we started meeting once a week. I don't even remember what day it was, but we met faithfully once a week he would meet up with me and we went through the gospel of john Hmm. and that was like oh this is what it means to follow jesus and i'd been baptized as a kid i think i was like seven or eight um, but i was baptized again as an adult and i felt like okay this is me choosing and pursuing my faith even though i wasn't a baby and i like they asked the questions and i kind of knew what they were asking it it's it didn't it didn't feel it never really clicked 
Um, and then mm-hmm. as an adult, I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I came to faith. And then I had this progression of, um, you know, going to different churches in Dallas, um, coming under different guys in leadership and, um, yeah, been in Dallas since 2000. I came back to Dallas and went to Houston after I got saved for a year, worked for the Houston ISD, came back to Dallas in 2011, 2012. And I've been in the area since specifically East Dallas. And that's kind of been Hmm. like my home base. So I, uh, because you said that you're not super crunched for time, I'm going to go ahead and ask this question. Um, I know Christine wants to talk about rock climbing, um, but I'm actually interested, and so she could ask you that, but I'm actually interested in, you said you were raised Roman Catholic, and the reason I'm interested in that, and um, I actually will start a PhD program at a Catholic school next next fall in Rad. philosophy, Rad. and so I've, I've recently been like, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have any desire to convert to Catholicism or anything like that, but I've just been trying to read around and like figure out like what's going on in the Catholic Church, and um, I don't know. Do you have anything you would share? Like, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't presume to think that you're now like, oh, Catholicism. Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, I hate it. I'll never go mm-hmm. like, but I'm just curious how that, you know, what, what the difference has been for you and how you kind of walk the tension of like raised Roman Catholic. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's, it was, it's been really interesting as an adult because, um, as I've grown in my faith and then been around liturgical services. So my mother-in-law goes to an Episcopal, uh, is it Episcopalian? She goes to a church that has a liturgical style service. Mm-hmm. And I feel very at home going to her church. Mm-hmm. And like, I know the responses yeah. and I know the hymns, like I know what they're doing and I know the order that they're gonna do it in. I, well, I, don't, I don't know it exactly, but I can anticipate and like- There's when, an ease of ex- access yes, for you. When, when it flows, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's supposed yeah. to happen next. It makes mm-hmm. sense to me. But at the same time, I know, like I look over Rachel and she's kind of like looking back and forth, like, wait, what are mm-hmm. we doing next? Mm-hmm. Wait, why are we, we're standing up? Oh, we're sitting down. And there's just this this level of comfort of like recognition. Of, okay, here's here's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I, I went to All Saints in Dallas for a few services with some friends one time, and that's a liturgical service. And so whenever I'm around it, it feels very comfortable and it feels natural. And it almost, there's something, um, I don't know. Nostalgic? It, nostalgic, or? yes. Mm, it's, there's there's yeah. a lot of nostalgia around being yeah. and seeing the priest in robes, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. seeing their you know black shirts with the white collar. Mm-hmm. There's something that feels very, it, it feels kind of homey. But at the same time, like I look back and I, I look at the differences in in the canon, in, in the books, and the additional books in the Catholic Bible, right. and I don't, I don't know. I, I've read them once. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have an, an informed conversation around what the differences are, um, but I do remember reading them, being like, "Oh, this is different." Like, it. I hadn't. This is, this is unfamiliar mm-hmm. when I when I'm reading scripture. This doesn't sound familiar. Whereas other times when I read scripture now, like. It's like stuff kind of sounds familiar. It's not, it doesn't sound new or foreign. That sounded new and foreign. Even as being a believer for four or five years, going back and looking at that, I was like, oh, I don't remember this. I don't, I don't, I haven't heard this before. Mm. And then just some of the, um, some of the doctrine, like I don't know all the ins and outs of it. Um, but I do recognize that there's some stuff that's hard to, hard to, um, hard to translate or how to, to explain like 
if somebody asked me like, oh, Jesse, why do they do this? I'm like, I don't know, but I know they do it. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's something sweet about it. Like the intention is always sincere and honoring. Um, but then the way it plays out, like I, I don't actually know if that's the right, theologically, if that's a good thing to do or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I land. Like there, it's, there's a lot of nostalgia around it. It feels very homey. Um, but I don't know enough about the theology to have an informed conversation of whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming or, uh, that that I'm assuming this means like a lot of your family is probably still practicing Catholics or so funny story. My mom and my dad are the only ones left in our extended family. So my uh, my dad has five brothers and a sister, and my mom has five sisters, and none of them or, or nor my grandparents go to a Catholic service anymore. Hmm. Hmm. Everybody's transitioned to a Protestant oh. denomination. Um, huh. And huh. so as evangelicals, they yeah. just got to go out and get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Catholic um, pool is where we get our best people. <laughs> that's that you we need to go, we need to go like, poach after church yes, and hang out with them yes. <laughs> under the bell tower. Right. Like, hey guys, I have more yeah. coffee. Yeah. Um, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So my, my parents still go. Um, and my dad feels, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's my my dad feels at home there and mm. he doesn't really want to do anything different. My mom went back and forth, went to Catholic services, went to Lutheran services. She kind of wavered back and forth with her family over the years mm. um, or just different styles of, of service, um, different denominations. So it, it, there's really not a lot of, there's not a lot of talk around it. And actually my grandparents um, came to faith as adults as well all my grandparents did. So one of my grandmothers has passed away, um, but the three, my three surviving grandparents, uh, I've had conversations with them all in the recent past about their faith, like within the last couple of years of, of their faith and when they came to faith and what that looked like. And um, it, it was all as adults. Mm-hmm. And even, I think my parents were probably, they're both the oldest on in each of their families. So I think they were either late high school or college when my grandparents would say they came to faith. And um, I think that's when my my dad's parents transitioned out of the Catholic Church into uh, another denomination. Yeah. No, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I didn't know that about you. That's, uh, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, I was, I was just curious. I was thinking about, you know, as you're initially sharing your story of like, um, you know, as with a lot of people, once they go to college, they maybe don't start attending church or anything. But then when the, your friend like approached you, like whether that was something that you'd maybe thought about beforehand of maybe like returning back to church or, you know, when, or even when you started having those conversations, if you were like, okay, I can, you know, I know about mass, I can go back to this or whether it was more of the conversations with him, you're like, oh, like, let me just go with you, Jesus, discipleship, like how that is all, all ongoing. Yeah, so I never, so once I was, when I was in college, I started using a lot of drugs and alcohol. Like that was kind of, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of party when they go to the college and, and I, I started smoking pot and it was like, that was that was my new identity. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, if it doesn't fit in this, in this persona, then I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And even after college, and rock climbing fit in that persona. Mm-hmm. And then it was when I met with this guy and he was like, and he asked me how I was was doing and I knew I wasn't doing well. Like Mm -hmm. I was struggling to find 
good work, like something that I wanted to pursue as a career. Mm-hmm. I was struggling to, I even like, I got certifications in rock climbing thing, like, oh, I can make a career out of being a guide or being an instructor. Mm-hmm. Like this might be a path that I could go down and make yeah. a living. Um, but there was this, and I, I, for me, the drugs and alcohol in college was a lot of self-medicating from with looking back now I recognize like oh that was depression oh I had some anxiety about life like I didn't I didn't know I didn't have words for those things and that actually caught up with me another six seven years down the road after I got saved started to kind of figure some of this stuff out from my college years but at that point when when my friend approached me and he asked me that question do you want to ask Jesus for help I I was just in a place where I didn't know how to move my life forward like I was stuck and I hadn't I hadn't considered church like mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I knew it was something my parents still did but I thought oh that doesn't that doesn't fit my persona right. what I who I am right now or who I thought I was gonna be forever mm-hmm. so that's not gonna be an avenue that I'll pursue it, mm-hmm. it, it was it was the last thing on my mind yeah. Yeah, so I, I want to ask you a little bit about like, uh, you know, now you're at Christ City. You've been at Christ City now for what? Gosh, a little over a, little a year. Over it, we, we'd been coming for a few months before, I guess the, we started the shelter in place in like March. Mm-hmm. March 18th. Yeah. I think we started coming around November, December, the year prior. Why are you laughing? So you know the exact date. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I may be wrong about that, um, but I'm pretty sure it was know. March 18th because it was a Wednesday and, yes. we, and we moved the Sunday before that and so that's how I remember okay. all of this as Great. well so um, but yes March yeah for I think, sure I think <laughs> it was I think it was the 18th but I could be wrong yeah okay. so it was it was November December of 2019 I guess okay. that we started we started coming okay. okay yeah cool and you um are a part of the I don't know Lockwood Lakewood Lake Highlands you're in a group with like the Paces and the Gorels yeah and, yep um I'm drawing a blank Dana on Dana Rebecca. And yeah. Uh, Stephen and Stephanie. Yep. Thank you. Yep, I'm, yep, I'm yep. just, um, so, you know, you're, you're meeting with them pretty regularly, doing life with them, but then you're also, you have something that's, that predates some, somewhat Christ city. Um, I, I don't know if you want to tell us about, uh, that Bible study and why that's important. Yeah. And, so, uh, on Thursday nights I get together with some guys. So there's, there's four of us now. Um, it started with five, and we all went to church together uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So prior to Christ City, um, Rachel and I were going to Normandy Church, and these guys, we, we were all there. Um, and one of the things that we really liked about Normandy was just the depth of intimacy that we had in our groups. Um, and as we were transitioning to Christ City, um, everybody, all these guys, their their wives were all kind of, you know, moving to different parts of town. Um, 
and found themselves in the same spot where like, oh, we're not going to Normandy and we don't have the the depth of intimacy in a group setting that we had. And we wanted to do something together. So we said, hey, let's let's get together and let's start a group. And, you know, with the long term vision being we'll, we'll have a place where guys can come in, um, new believers, old believers, non-believers and find other guys that can relate to them or that can understand what's going on and just have this, you know, this community of fellowship, um, you know, with the end goal being to honor and glorify the Lord and, you know, bring, bring people into the fold. Like yeah. if, if you have a place that's welcoming and you have a guy that doesn't know Christ and he comes in and he likes it and hangs out like he's going to get to see what it looks like to be a Christian. And, you know, we trust the Lord to work in his heart and we're not, we're not, we're not a shy to start hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like kind of the long-term vision for this, this group. Um, and recently we've been going through a book. Uh, it's a Tony Evans book and it's not anything super profound, but the goal of our book study or reading this book together was let's, let's create a, a rhythm. Let's create a culture. Let's create a foundation so that when people come in, they're not coming into something that's aimless or wandering, or we don't know what we're doing. Um, and whether they come in during this book, after this book, if we have another kind of progression that we're going through, um, or even if it's just one of our hangout days, cause we have, I would say a third of the time we get together, we just kick it. We, yeah. s- mm-hmm. we sit in the garage and, and chat. And yep. I mean, we're talking about, we're having real conversations, but we're not reading our book. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. it's it's unstructured time. So mm-hmm. that's funny that you say that too, because we we had a conversation with Allie uh, Landis, and she basically described the same thing of like we have to allow ourselves these less formal, more casual times, yeah. like yeah. as you know, so that we don't get bogged down or we don't get caught up. And anyways, it's just you know, like our DNA, we try to we we try to do that. Um, and, and we just, we don't do it as maybe as structured, but, um, seasonally we get, you know, seasonally it's just like, oh, Hey, we're, you know, at a beer garden just chatting. Mm -hmm. And then we have other seasons where it's like, no, 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 we're reading Mark together or whatever it is. And so, yeah, no, that's, that's good. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, and there've been maybe two or three weeks or times we've gotten together that other people have come in and it's really cool to see how people just fall into the level of intimacy mm-hmm. when it feels oh, normal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you're talking about your marriage. Oh, you're talking about your kids. Oh, you're talking about your personal struggles. Well, here, let me talk about mine too, because mm-hmm. that's what you guys are doing. Like, okay, yeah. Um, and when you, I think if if a, if a new person came and sat down and we were like, hey, tell us, you know, something hard you're going through they'd be like oh what that, that's the opening question <laughs> yeah yeah but when we go around in a group and we talk about it and you know people share at different levels even within the, you know the the core group of mm-hmm. us um and so there's this this array of of degrees of intimacy but inevitably this new person falls somewhere in that array mm-hmm. and so i would totally respect if they're like uh, i don't really have anything i want to share tonight like mm-hmm. that's cool totally fine but it it seems like we've established this culture that when people come in, they kind of fall in somewhere in that array of level of sharing. Mm-hmm. And I think thinking back over the years, 
less frequently have I seen people come in and withhold than come in and want to be in the mm-hmm. in, in that level of intimacy that everybody else is. So, yeah. and we've we've all kind of had that experience together in different groups or different settings, and so we all know like okay, that's kind of what we're that's what we're trying to build. That's what we're trying to establish. Yeah, I think that sounds really cool. I I was just thinking about just the idea of you saying, you know, sometimes people come in and like varying levels of faith or whether they might not even be believers at all. And like, that's such a beautiful picture of like, it'd be so much easier to invite someone, someone to something like that, as opposed to inviting them to church all the time. Cause mm-hmm. there's always just so much assumptions or stereotypes that can come along with that conversation. But as we just think about what does it mean to like live in community? Like that's what you're describing. It's like getting together with people you care about, having these vulnerable conversations, talking about real things like life struggles and all of that. And I just see like myself and just people that I interact with, like we all are like wanting that connection and like craving those conversations. And for a lot of people, we just don't really know where to have them, like have a safe space, like available to us to have those. And so that's really awesome that you have this group of guys that you can bring people into that because I'm sure there's people coming in. They're like, man, I've been looking for something like this. You know, you, you mentioned that just now as you were kind of closing, but maybe, uh, I don't know, just can you talk a little bit more about, you know, why it is so important for you? Uh, why, what's the, why, you know, whether it's, um, you know, in this case with, with this group of guys that you know well, or like in, you know, in, uh, for example, like in Christine's case, you know, she's in a, a smaller DNA group with, you know, some women from y'all's GC. I'm in a, you know, why what however the group's composed wherever the people are from like why do you think that it's important for us you know beyond the you know the meals together with the larger gc the extended family kind of thing um or to kind of maybe even bring it back to the uh conversation we had earlier about you know catholicism and the different styles of liturgy in the sunday event um why beyond all of that you know it's it's good and healthy um, and maybe even like necessary to have this this other level of space and intimacy. Um, how's that kind of worked in your life? And- I mean, I think you hit the word intimacy. Like that's that's the word. Like we were made for intimacy. We were made for intimacy with the Lord. Like he he put us in a garden. And you think of a garden. Like gardens can be very elaborate and beautiful, but they're also a little bit enclosed and intimate. Like you, if you have a garden, there's some definition to it. And it's not a field. It's not this big expanse. I mean, it could be. It could be a grand, a very grandiose garden. Yeah. But, like, we were in, created in a small place to commune with the Lord. And then he saw that it wasn't good for us to be alone. He created a woman. Like, there's, there's this, the story of the Bible starts with intimacy. Um, we're, we're, we're wired for it. We're made for it. Mm. And, you know, I can't. I can't reference anything specific, but a big, a big piece of the preaching that came out of Normandy when we were going to church there was, you know, how we're wired and how much our brains um, are 
impacted by intimacy and vulnerability. And um, so, I mean, this group of guys, we, we came from that environment together where we, we very much understand and appreciate that it's good to be close with other people and to share and, and be known. It's good to be known and to know others is for them to be known. And like that, that's healthy. That's good. And then, I mean, I, I, I talked earlier about kind of getting saved and then a few years down the road, learning about myself and looking back. Yeah. Um, and that was like, there was, that was when I started to realize like, Oh, I need to be known by people. I didn't, and I need to know myself. Um, and I mean, I, it's, it's the way we're, it's the way we're made. So mm-hmm. we find, we have this place together where we talk and we share, you know, work, family, faith, personal struggles, personal successes, you know, all the things. And then we, we rejoice with each other and we mourn with each other. And I don't mean more like we're, we're not putting on sackcloth and like putting ashes <laughs> on our head. It's, it's rarely is it that, that intensive of a a morning, but like when something is hard and somebody's going through something like, bro, that sucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, do you need anything? And then knowing it's okay for you to say you need something Yeah. Mm -hmm. or saying, being willing to share like, Oh, I, I could really use this or, you know, Mm -hmm. encouragement, support, whatever it is. And being able and willing to offer those things too. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have any specific stories that have like come out of this group that maybe like a time in your life or? Yeah, um, I can't think of anything like profound or, mm. I mean, a lot of it is, and this is what I appreciate about Christ City. Mm. A lot of it is the day-to-day, the ordinary stuff that I've recognized as an adult. If I'm not unpacking the day-to-day ordinary stuff with my wife, with these guys, with somebody mm-hmm. processing it individually and, and taking that to somebody or processing it with somebody like that stuff stacks up and it, you, you, you hit your capacity, you hit your max mm. and then you can't function yeah. and it overflows, whether it's depression or anxiety or, uh, or, or some kind of breakdown, like you, you can't, it catches up to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, honestly just having having a group of three dudes that i know like this is a safe place there's not going to be there's not going to be judgment or at least there's not going to be a lot of judgment mm-hmm. um <laughs> like i can survive whatever comes out of this yeah. this moment like i'm you know xyz mm-hmm. and you know i rachel and i do some of that together at home yeah. i do some of that with these guys and between those two settings like I'm able to live a healthy balance of like not being overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, You know, and, and so on the previous um, episode we had, you know, Allie join us and it's just, it's really interesting because one of the themes that we've kind of seen kind of evolve or develop between these two conversations and both of y'all's stories is just the importance of, um, you know, relating well and deeply with, you know, others um, and how important that has been for both of you all's like formation while that is, you know, so characteristic of like um, your life of faith and how that seems to have been really important to you. And what's interesting is that like in, you know, 
Um, and this is kind of built into the culture of Christ City, but, you know, we, just to make it more explicit, if it's not already, you know, like it, with Allie, you know, she's meeting with, um, you know, uh, a group of women that are all from Christ City, and they've it's been kind of tied to Christ City from its very beginning. Mm-hmm. But then with you, it's kind of the opposite in a sense of like, you know, the, you're you're here at Christ City, you're a part of this community, um, but you realize this, you know, this kind of... Um, I don't know what the word is, but this deeper level of intimacy that you kind of already had and that you needed to maintain. And so, I don't know, there's just something kind of special about, um, I, I, maybe the moral of the story is, you know, wherever you can get it, <laughs> you know, you need to get it and it, it is important. And so we've, um, as you've even said, we've, we try to make that um, a very important um, thing at Christ City Church. Um, and we just encourage people um, you know, whether it's with people at Christ City or not, just go and find that, yeah. get that, that level of, of intimacy and relationship. Um, and Ryan and I have had a couple conversations, and this was months and months ago, but we've had a couple conversations about like, hey, what does that look like for guys at Christ City? What, is that, what does it look like to, 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 um, to cultivate that kind of culture and that kind of level of intimacy? And, and he and I, he, he, shared, he shared something when we were having coffee about like, he likes, this is Ryan this, Kearns? Ryan from, Kearns, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. This, like, he likes to get into it. Like, mm-hmm. He'll talk about surface-level stuff, but he's like, Let, let's go. Like, yeah. Let's dive in. <laughs> and I was like, bro, that's, <laughs> I, like, I'm on that wavelength. Yeah. Um, and so, we, I mean, we've had a couple conversations, and I think that that's, um, I, see it, I see it around the church. I see it around Christ. Like, people recognize that that's important, and that's, that there's value in that. Um, and, you know, in transitioning churches and in and in doing it in the you know in the midst of the beginning of a oh, pandemic certainly. like yeah, yeah. there's there's we got i got it where the getting's good yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah but i think that that's like i i see it in places around christ city yeah and I, yeah. yeah yeah i was gonna say i i feel like it's just an encouraging thing yeah. to hear you know knowing there's people in the church doing this and a lot of times it's sometimes you just need one person kind of initiate that conversation and be like, hey, I really want this. Like, you know, do you think we can do this together? See who else is interested. Yeah. And that's really all it takes because I think a lot of times you have people are like, I know when we first started coming, I was feeling a lack of like coming from college and having so many intimate friends. And I was like, I really need that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want it right now. And I know I have to like kind of build towards it. But I was like, we are going to like get in on this group and we are going to get to know these people because I need friends and I need people I can talk to like stuff with. You took the Kearns hostage. Right. You're like, Tina, right. here. I was like, we will be best friends. <laughs> so, and, but you know, and now it's been like five years and like, you know, they're family, but yeah. it's, and everyone has different varying levels of how comfortable they are doing that. But, you know, knowing that that is the culture, it's encouraging, you know, I'm sure people listening, they're like, oh, there's people around. I can like go in and ask. You know, one last thing I did want to ask before we go, um, man, what's it like to be a new dad? How's that affected, you know, your your walk with the Lord, encouraged it, you know, all the things, right? Um, as a dad, I know that it, it changes some things. So I'm just curious, how's that going? Yeah. I mean, so um, 
I'm going to reference to a conversation with Ryan again. I like I, I had coffee with him a, a few weeks back, and and he was like, how 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 are things going spiritually? I was like, it feels kind of dry. Like I'm not really like. I don't have any specific that I'm meeting with on a weekly basis to disciple. Like, here's the thing. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then he stopped you. He yeah. said, yeah. you have a son. I yeah. was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> so I feel like my my faith has taken on a new, uh, a, a different perspective. And I've had to kind of pivot on how I think about um, what I'm doing and how that affects the kingdom. And because um, before in life, it was like, who am I meeting with this week? Who am I pouring into? Who's pouring into me? There's a lot of like internal, external yeah. um, kind of dynamic going on. And now it's kind of just all in the home. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and, you know, my son doesn't talk. I don't think he really understands the word I say yet. <laughs> but we we pray over him. We pray with him. Um, I, I, I hope good things for him. I consistently pray like, Lord, let him come to know you at a young age. Yeah. Like, um, so it's... It's, uh, we got lucky. He started sleeping through the night pretty early. Uh, That's good. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't on that struggle bus for a super long time, like I've heard some parents are. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, put our our faith in a new light. And then at the same time, Rachel and I are working through our own uh, personal growth and development in our faith. And so what does it look like to pray and pour into our son? Uh, at the same time that we're trying to grow on our own, yeah, um, and so the, it's it's different. It's a new experience, and yeah. uh, you know he's gaining weight and he's growing and he's hitting his milestones, so he's he's doing well. Um, yeah, no, so. parenthood is an adventure for sure, and yeah. it's like then yeah, if you you know if you had happened to have said like oh it's you know I can outline exactly this 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 and this everything's going good and or whatever. Um, you know, as, as you know, um, already from six months of, of being a dad, like the second you kind of get something figured out, it changes. And then now you have to kind of figure it out all over again. And, um, I don't know, this may be, uh, some people may disagree with this, but I actually feel like that is the way that I experience God sometimes is that, um, as soon as I think I've got him figured out and like, I know, Oh, I know what to do now. Like I just wake up five days a week early and read my Bible and do this amount of praying and meet with these people and do this and do that. And then something happens and it's not that those things are no longer important, but he just wants to recalibrate how it is that I'm experiencing him and how I pursue him. And so it's not usually like a complete like paradigmatic shift. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes it is that way with children though. It's like just wipe it clean. It's all start over because you nothing you knew yesterday matters anymore or something like that but uh, i don't know if it's quite that way with the lord but i do feel like um i i often find myself having to kind of like in some sense uh and we talk about this at christ city actually some like get back to the basics mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i get i get everything all con- convoluted and um kind of lose my lose the forest for the trees and you know and then at some point lord the lord's just like eh, just back to the basics mm-hmm. like yeah. you know spend time with me uh, anyways yeah. so well jesse thank you for joining us um i think that's probably good um uh thanks for sharing a little bit of your story for encouraging us all yeah. um it's it's been good to talk to you and get to know you a bit more yeah nice to meet you yes good to meet you too <laughs> cool thanks
So thank you to Jesse for sitting down and having a conversation and sharing some stories. Thank you to Christine, who is the co-host for this episode. Thank you to our friends at Young Oceans. They gave us graciously all of the music for this episode. And thank you to you for tuning in and making it this far. And we want to encourage you that if you want to share stories, if you want to share a bit about how you're trying to follow Jesus in your everyday, ordinary roles and relationships, we would love to sit you down and get you in front of a microphone so that you can share your story. So let us know, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. Thanks.